1: show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The things we find out when we're doing this show are just remarkable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show, that's Big O. Right now through September 6th, save up to $150 off Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires Anniversary Sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're hoping to talk to Jake Hatch coming up here momentarily, not only the producer of the DJ and PK show, but also co-host of the Well, I guess host of the Locked On Cougars podcast, co-host of the Locked On
2: Utes podcast. Anyway, Hatch is all about college football. I got a question for you. Um, Is big hair back in style with kids? I have no idea. Look at the picture in the little in this. Is this the Little League World I, Series? Can we this? change this? I, I I
1: can't stand the Little League World Series. I, see, I
2: hate the whole, whole concept. But I know some guys, uh, 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 some good friends of mine who have young kids, and they have the big long hair. And they, it looks good. I mean, but is that a thing now? Kind of like it was back in the 60s?
1: I think long hair is in for young people all of the time. Is it? I, I don't. I mean, haven't everybody gone through their long hair stage since the 60s?
2: Hasn't that uh, always been a thing? I went through that stage in the 60s and the 70s, but uh, then it went away.
1: So Hatch is, is not— uh, it, Okay, Hatch is, Hatch is on his way. Ah, uh, so I see. Okay. We were worried Hatch was standing us up. He's not. We'll talk to him coming up here soon. Oh, oh he's here via Zoom nonetheless. Uh, Hatch, what's up, buddy? Uh, Hatch, you there? Jacob Hatch. Um,
2: he's on, mute. he's on mute. Stop it. Stop it. Unmute yourself, Jake.
1: Hatch.
3: Yeah, he's got me now. Yes, yeah. Hatch,
1: host of the Coo- Locked On Cougars and Locked On Youth podcast and producer of DJ and PK in the mornings. What's up, Hatch? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. We uh, hear you're busy, Jake. trying to keep busy. Let's put it that way. Having young children, buddy. Never a free moment. We got you. We appreciate you joining us. And, and we know you've been all over uh, both BYU and Utah camps. And that's why we wanted to have you on. Let's, uh, let's start with the, well, let's start with the Cougs. Give us kind of the overall vibe of camp hatch. What's, what have things been like down there?
3: The biggest thing with BYU is there's a lot of guys who want to go out and show that, Hey, 2020 wasn't a fluke. I, I think we all know we've talked to probably enough people uh, both here in Utah, I've seen enough people, I guess, in the media at large who are trying to pass off that 2020 was more of an exception for BYU and they can't follow that up. And I think that these players, the coaching staff, et cetera, down there in Provo, they want nothing more than to go out and prove that, no, we can do what we did in 2020, maybe not go 11-1 and one against the type of schedule they'll face this year, but they still feel like they can have a successful season and be a team that people are going to want to talk about. You know, that's so
2: interesting that you said that, Jake, because yesterday I wrote a column that hasn't been posted yet at S.L. Trib on that subject exactly. We had uh, D'Angelo Mandel on our show yesterday, and I asked him the question, and he said, oh, no, 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 last year is last year, this year is this year. We're not even thinking about that. But you know they are. Uh, I took him at his word myself.
1: (laughs) Oh well, <laughs> look at you saying he's not being uh, being straight with oh, us. Well, I
2: I agree with what Jake just said. You no, know, are both wrong. I, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> so what, what? Where do you put the the percentages on the on the uh, Cougars' chances to to prove people that uh, the program is full of talent now and uh, can move forward?
3: I think the biggest thing, Gordon, is you kind of have to have where you think that success, quote unquote, counts. Like could could BYU in theory go eight and four this year against a schedule that has the seven Power Five opponents that they have, and maybe be as good as they were a year ago when they didn't face a single Power Five team. I think there are people who would say. Those two are equivalent. Other people would not say that. Other people would say that to win double-digit games to match what they did in 2020. So I really do think that the success uh, or what you think will be a good follow-up or something that proves that BYU has turned a corner, it's all kind of in the eye of whoever you're asking about what that success level has to be.
1: I see they lost a lot, Hatch. I don't think it's fair to compare this team to to last year's team. They had the the number 2 pick in the draft. They had one of the best tackles in the entire country. I mean, they had all these great players that they lost. I just don't think it's fair. That's my side of it anyway.
3: Well, and I I get that because they lost 12 players overall who went to the NFL. Five of them were draft picks. The other guys uh, got free agent deals and the like. And they're currently trying to live out their dreams at the next level. And that's it's a lot of guys. That's it's uh, so. I understand where you're coming from, Jake. The thing is, though, I just think that there are people out there who, based on what BYU did in 2020, for better or for worse, how they do in 2021 is going to be a referendum to either justify thoughts on how 2020 went, or going to make people who are, I guess, quote unquote haters, they justify their 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 doubts, their their non-belief in BYU. Obviously, a lot of people look at the quarterback
2: situation and, and uh, like we were talking about earlier, you lose Zach Wilson and, and you think everything is going to uh, sort of uh, crumble from there. If not crumble, at least uh, downgrade. Okay, so which of these guys, Jake, is impressing the most? You're very plugged in down there in Provo. Uh, we hear what A-Rod says about everyone has a chance and we'll see how it goes and we don't know and all that stuff. Who, who do you think it's going to be
3: and why? I've, I've said for a few months now, I believe it's Jaron Hall. I, I just think that the skill set he offers, uh, what he can do on the field, both in the throw and uh, run game, I think that he is going to win the job, but I do believe this has truly been an actual competition. I think that they're giving Baylor Romney and Jacob Kahn over every opportunity to go out and prove that they are the guy. So I didn't I don't think that it's Jaron Halls and they're just putting this on it's like a dog and pony show no I think this has legitimately been a competition but I just think that the overall skill set that Hull has is gonna win out in the end but he does come with a major risk with regards to his health the concussion issues we know about from two years ago when he actually did play in games. If he can't stay healthy, well, whoever ends up as the number two guy better be ready and better be anticipating they will be playing at a point this season.
2: But Jake always says that he would go with the quarterback who can. What do you? The way you say it, Jake, sling, sling it,
3: sling it. Give me the QB. So, so, which one of those guys can sling it the best, Jake? So the thing, what I've been told is that if you were to go by arm strength, guys who just say can sling it. The narrow edge, based on somebody I trust, who's usually pretty good on being able to tell guys, they say the narrow edge and arm strength would go to Jacob Conover in their mind. It'd be like a 1A to a 1B with Conover beating out Jaron Hall by a narrow margin and then Baylor Romney coming in uh, third in that race. They say it's it's almost uh, negligible in terms of the difference between Hall and Conover, but one thing that Jacob Conover does have going for him is he has some of that swagger, some of that self-belief that a guy like Zach Wilson absolutely had, that in some cases people think you may be cocky, but in other cases it actually is just the thing that happens to put you over the top.
2: I agree with you because I've seen both those guys throw the ball, and I think Conover did impress me the most with the way the ball came out.
3: He can absolutely, as you said, sling it. He he is a true quarterback who's got a big arm. He won, I think it was three straight yes, three straight state titles in Arizona down there at Chandler High. They're the big dog when it comes to prep football down there. So very, very good player. And as I said, he, he's just got kind of that, that innate self-belief in himself that, like I said, there are people who look at it and say, okay, that kid's a little too full of himself. And there's other people who say, no, that's just him. It's just he truly believes in his ability so who's going to be slinging it for the Utes Hatch I think it's Charlie Brewer. Uh, I, I think that Charlie Brewer was brought here to be the guy this year, and obviously the reason they did it is because they didn't know the status of what Cam Rising was going to be. It sounds like Cam Rising is coming back. He, According to Kyle Whittingham on day one of fall camp, he said yeah, I, he's 100%. I didn't notice any lack of arm strength. So I think Cam Rising is going to give Charlie Brewer a run for his money, but I don't think you bring Brewer in without promising him the job.
2: So I think BYU is going to be better than what people think uh, the Cougars are going to be. And I think the Utes have a real shot to win the South. What are the, uh, the, 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 what's the major force in your mind that would substantiate my conclusions?
3: Ooh, okay, with regards to Utah, I think the biggest thing they have going for them is they have a proven commodity at head coach. And Kyle Whittingham, you guys know this as well as anybody, he's, he's steady. The, you know you know what you're getting with Utah. There was the recently Athlon Sports did with their uh, coaches anonymous where his coaches sounded off on opposing teams under, the, under anonymity. And one of them mentioned in there, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but essentially when you go up against Utah, you're going into a street fight and you better be ready for it. Your guys better be ready for it because they will absolutely, speaking of the Utes, just beat you up. They said they're they're like Stanford, but they're better than Stanford right now. You think it's one of the Stanford teams, the guys like Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw had earlier on in his tenure. They think that Utah's a better team than that. So there's a lot of respect for this team. And I, I think for good reason they brought a lot of guys back, guys like Devin Lloyd, Nick Ford. Uh, they've mentioned that they came back because they wanted to pursue being that first Utah team to win a Pac-12 South Division title and just the Pac-12 championship overall. I'm not counting them out. I, I really think they have a great opportunity.
1: Jake Hatch is with us, host of uh, the Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars podcast here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hatch, uh, who do you like in the South? Do you think, in in your mind, the, the Utes should be the favorite? Or how would you have picked that if you had a vote?
3: Well, If I were voting, I probably would have voted for Utah. Yes, I would have voted them the favorite. But I also understand that we are talking about the USC Trojans. When USC is good, it seems like, uh, when in doubt, give the tie to USC. They've got the name brand. They're... Just the big dogs out there in Southern California, and I get why they picked the Trojans over the Utes. I was surprised by the margin, though. I think it was 27 first-place votes to six first-place votes. Utah tied with Arizona State. Uh, the Sun Devils, to me, ever since the story came out with the allegations of the recruiting issues— I've just not been a believer that Arizona State was going to overcome those and be able to focus on the task at hand. So if I were to have handicapped it and I were to have a vote, I would have picked Utah as my favorite. But I also get we are talking about USC and they are the class of the Pac-12. All right.
2: So I. Uh, w- w- Evaluate Kalani Satake for me, will you, Jake? Where do you think he is in that progression? You were talking about Kyle Whittingham. How about Kalani? Where is he as a coach now versus where he was when he first took
3: over? I think the biggest thing he's got now is he enters year six of his tenure is he's just got a little more perspective. He came to BYU, a guy who grew up a fan of this program. We're talking just a diehard hard played at the school he grew up rooting for and now had an opportunity to, to coach the school you, he was rooting for. And he had some falters early, obviously. A 2017 season, uh, not great. Plain and simple. You won 4-9. The offense was absolutely putrid. It forces out uh, Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator. But Kalani Sitake, and there was a BYU administrator, the day that they hired Jeff Grimes. I happened to be in attendance at that press conference as well as DJ and PK. And as we were walking out of that press conference, a BYU administrator, who I won't name, walked up to PK and made it explicitly clear, this is Kalani's hire, speaking of Jeff Grimes. And trying to get across the message, I think, that whether this goes good or bad, this is all on Kalani. And he made a great hire by all accounts because Jeff Grimes, in the three years he was in Provo, really revolutionized BYU's offense, got them to the 11-1 record last year, and... I feel like the thing about the Cougars is under Kalani is that early on there was some discipline lacking inside the program. Uh, Kalani felt like more of a friend, maybe more than a coach at points. I think he has learned how to kind of strike that delicate balance where you care about your players. They know you care about them, but at the same time, they don't feel comfortable enough to cross you that I think maybe was the case earlier on.
2: Can I follow that up real quick with this uh, why is Kalani okay? Why are BYU's recruiting classes not as highly rated as, as you might expect since people thought Kalani would be such a, a great closer?
3: I think that he came to BYU with the thought that he was going to have more highly rated classes. And I think he got here and realized that the combination of uh, more stringent academics, the honor code obviously is an impediment in certain cases for guys wanting to go to school there. And I think just the overall prestige of BYU was not at a point where I think Kalani expected it might resonate or might be when it came to the recruiting trail. I think that he is focused and realized that he needs to focus more on finding those quote unquote diamonds in the rough and go about uh, trying to buff them and polish them into the three and four star talents that can help him win games where they're a two or three star talent in terms of the recruiting service, the star rankings. Is BYU ever going to be a hotbed where they're bringing in classes that are majority of guys with four stars? I don't think so until at least until they get into the power five and who knows if that's ever going to happen at this point. But I do think that his emphasis on player development, uh, bringing in guys who they have measurables or they have a certain skill that you, you crave and you think, okay, I can get that out of this guy and make him a serviceable player that can help me win. I actually think that's been a pretty admirable quality. The hope is at some point you start to translate a few more of those guys who you've developed into more ready-made talents in terms of a three or a four-star guy who doesn't need as much development. Will they ever turn that corner? Hard to say, but you have to be hard pressed to argue with the results so far. Hatch, thanks for jumping on
1: with us, buddy. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me guys. Jacob Hatch, our friend, uh, you may know him as Yawk. He produces in the morning. DJ and PK does a great job there, but also hosts uh, Locked on Cougars and is a co-host there for Locked on Utes as well. Indeed. Hatch a hustler. He's doing a great job uh, covering uh, camp for the whole station.
2: Very plugged in, uh, Jake is. He, he pretty much knows what he's talking about, so I would give uh, credence to what he says. Mm, no? On some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Not- I don't agree with his take on
1: on. This, this year being connected to last year. Oh. oh.
2: Well, he didn't really say it was connected. He just said that there were people who wanted to prove that the program is legitimate. I think that's true. I, I agree with what you say. It is a different team. But uh, there there is that perception issue that uh, will not go away. Well, I wouldn't worry about it if I were down there. I would. Why? Because everybody wants to prove that their program is something special, sure, but that do that independently of last year, uh yeah, but it was such a weird situation uh, I think there is some there are players down there who want to want to prove that it was no fluke to use Jake's words.
1: All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, Ron Boone's going to join us at the top of the four o'clock hour. The Booner. We're excited about that. Uh, Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is DJ and PK
3: comes from Ralph Amstead. says I listen to way too much Pac-12 region sports radio and there's a ton of personalities that I like but David DJ James and PK Kinahan in Salt Lake they are elite so boys and girls we are elite alright so boys I'm elite and my supporting cast Jake Hatch and David James they're elite too
2: I don't know how to put this But I'm kind of a big deal.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: BYU football update here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. BYU expecting big things on offense this year. Uh, A lot of that has to do with the offensive line. James Empey talks about the new look O-line.
3: I mean, it's obviously different. I mean, we're missing four guys from, from that group that we had before, and they brought a lot to the table, obviously, because they're doing well for themselves right now, uh, wherever they're at. But with the guys that we brought in and with the guys that we still have, I feel like we're, we're getting to the point where we're pretty fluid and, and we can communicate well with each other and, and understand what each other are saying. And so we still have a lot more to get better on. There's there's probably a whole list of things that we need to work on just after a few days of camp, and, and we, you know, we look forward to the work and look forward to the grind and get better together but I think we got a a good unit that's cohesive and and, uh, works well together
1: This update uh, brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks working from home or with a hybrid workforce get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net
0: The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires. With the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Gordon, there was a release from the Pac-12 today talking about their forfeiture policy for the upcoming football season. Uh, I'm just going to read right th- uh, right from this thing here. Following consultation with the Pac-12 Athletic Directors Committee, the Pac-12 has determined that it is prior uh, that it's prior longstanding game forfeiture rule uh, set forth in the twenty one twenty two 22 Pac-12 administrative policies referenced below, that was temporarily modified for the past season due to COVID-19, shall once again be applied for this uh, this coming athletic season. In accordance with that rule, if an institution is unable to play a contest through its own fault, it shall forfeit each contest to its opponent, any forfeited contest shall be uh, regarded as a conference loss for the team, making uh, the, forfeit, uh, the forfeit and a conference win for its opponent. The Pac-12 rule provides the commissioner with discretion to determine whether an institution is at fault or primarily at fault for an inability to play a contest based on the facts of the situation, unquote. So four words
2: stand out there to me. They are through its own fault. How do you define that? Yeah, and it,
1: by the commissioner's definition is is what the statement says. I, that one, jumped
2: out to me too. One way to interpret that is if a team uh, has a COVID issue and they can't travel, well, that's an no. L. I mean, it could be interpreted that way. I don't know if that's the way it'll actually be implemented. So, I, is that the team's fault? So that's, I mean, that's what it's implying, right? Yeah. I, I agree with you. That's what
1: it's implying. And I, and this might surprise you, I am fine with that. I don't like the, the wiggle room. Like, if you come up with a, some sort of excuse and the commissioner's having a, got out uh, out of bed on the right side of the bed in the morning and say, oh, yeah, well, well, it's fine. You know, just make it hard and fast. You know? I think everybody uh, should If you get...
2: can't feel the team, it's a loss. Yeah, I think everyone should get vaccinated. And if you, uh, you know, I mean... It can still happen, but it greatly reduces the circumstances, at least according to what the experts say. And if that's true, and you're th- that's why when Kyle Whittingham came out and flat said, what did he say? That 90, 95% of his players were vaccinated. I think he said 90. 90%. Lane, K- Lane Kiffin said 100% of his well, players and staff Okay. Are. Well, um, I mean, when a coach says that, uh, you, if I'm a player and I want to stay in good graces with my coach, I'm getting vaccinated. Didn't Ed Orgeron try something like that last
1: season? No, he got his whole team sick. Oh, that was it. That was yeah, it. He, got, he purposely got his whole team
2: sick. We've so all, we we,
4: 100% <laughs> of us have, yeah, have had to, it. That's yeah, what it yeah, the yeah, vaccine I mean. And that around. was
2: really weird to me because I remember when I was a kid, I got like the mumps or something. And my parents had some friends uh, who had kids that were my age and they wanted them to get whatever it was. I don't know if it was the mumps or measles or whatever it was. For me, it was they, the they, chicken pox. So I, they they had me lick a spoon and give it, give it to their kid to lick the spoon.
1: See, that's weird. I just, when the kid down the block got the chicken pox, I went over to play. <laughs> that's how it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Hey, Tim down the street has the chicken pox. Guess
2: what? You're going over there. Everything I read from responsible parties say get vaccinated. And if it's going to uh, look, uh, health in and of itself should be a good enough reason. I still talk to people who aren't sure about that. And I always give them my, my uh, view on it. But there are still folks who, who are hesitant. But, you know, so for, just for good health and the welfare of your family members and friends, do it. But in the case of a football program, if you are going to cause a problem where it's going to, because you didn't do it, uh, your team might lose. Jake, that should be a secondary reason. But something tells me in the lives of these young players, that might be a primary reason. So, in my mind,
1: Jake Scott, Sports Radio Bozo here, that's not my problem. I mean, that's the coach's problem. And so, you know, I wish them luck dealing with it. I'm sure some coaches are having uh, more issues than others. But, but honestly, where the vaccines come in in this situation, in my mind, is there's a tool out there to help mitigate this thing. And if you can't utilize that tool enough that you can still field a team, well, you know what? You can't play. And I don't care whose fault it is, frankly. That's why I don't like them bringing in the fault part. Listen, if you can't field the team and you can't play, it's a forfeit. That's how it works. So maybe call that pretty cold-hearted in my opinion, but that's where I'm at. I mean, we're getting back to normal. Let's get back to normal. You can field the team or you can't.
2: You you are you have a heart of stone, don't you? Yes. I, in this case, I agree with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if if you feel like the the vaccination is the tool that's going to keep your field on the team, then by all means, you know, help your your student athletes work that through that decision. But, you know what? At, at some point. We've all got to take our individual responsibilities here. And as you point, you know, when you, if you uh, want to be a, a good teammate and, and don't want to cause an issue, maybe that's a motivation for you. I frankly don't care. But if your team can't field the team, I don't think you, you should be coddled and all of a sudden, oh, this is a, a can't go. Well, the other team was ready to go. And we saw this a bunch last year. And how much did our heart break, honestly, for teams that were ready to roll and other teams couldn't field a team. That's tough. Yeah. And and the, the teams that were ready to roll were punished because of that. So, and wh- so in, in mm-hmm. this case where we have the ability to mitigate better mm-hmm. than we did last year, well,
2: it's time to put our big boy pants on. So last year when teams would be about ready to get on a plane to fly somewhere and then they would bail, w- I, how severe does it have to be before that's the that's uh, before you can't play? I don't know. Once again, someone else's problem is that left up to the individual teams, or is there a policy in that regard? Well, if I don't, oh, let
1: me let me say this: as far as the vaccination, and we'd have to read into it. I don't know what the the the. <laughs> I can't believe we have talked about stuff like contact tracing and that sort of thing but I don't know what the rules are how exposed are you are you vaccinated yeah. what are you exposed I, and, I, they, and if, I, I don't know but if but, one, if one uh,
2: member of the offensive line comes down with COVID does that mean you have to contact trace and the whole offensive line can't go but that's that's my point yeah. I would hope
1: not I would hope that because that's no longer the CDC guidelines so I would hope that if you had vaccinated players they wouldn't automatically be sidelined so because they, they were in the same room but it. I don't know that's my point yeah. but you know obviously if you've got a positive to test for covid 19 that player is not going to play i mean I, I think we're all there still but you know there there's some very effective there's a very effective tool out there to help shield your your team from this and you know i i get the sympathy that that went into all this last year because it was such a unique and new situation and stuff but that was a year ago yeah we've learned a lot we've we've got new things and you know what these coaches it's big responsibility and i i Hey, I have sympathy with their plight, but the, the, hey, you got to run your ship. And if you can't have enough players to
2: play, then you're going to take an L. It's to the point now, Jake, where if somebody gets vaccinated and they still come down with COVID, then they've done what they can, you right. know? And if they're right. being careful in other ways, they've done what they can. But if someone, a player, is not vaccinated and that player comes down with it, I. I I feel bad for the individual, but you could have done better. And that's certainly true, like you were saying,
1: for an entire team. Well, I think, honestly, Gordon, you say that. I think the people that are making the decision, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I think the people that are making the decision not to do it understand that consequence. Right? I I would guess, at at very least, the coaches have made it very clear that if you— you know, make this decision for yourself, you are responsible for the consequence. I think most people making that decision understand that.
2: Do you think a football coach should, not that he could, but should a football coach tell his players, if you're going to play on my team, you're getting vaccinated?
1: Well, I don't think that a lot of the thing coaches do should they should do. So I don't know if I'm the expert there, but I mean, some companies are are doing that. That have to be up to your your individual coach and their relationship with their players. I mean, I, I, there's there's weird cultural stuff that nobody wants to talk about that I think it would be difficult to navigate with just a team wide mandate. If you get what I'm saying.
2: Well, that's what was so weird about what what's his name up at Washington State, Rolovich? Yeah, he came out and said, didn't he say he didn't something about not getting vaccinated? I'm thinking to myself, I'll bet you 99.9 percent of the coaches out there who are looking at this and evaluating it and they want to take care of their team, they're telling their players behind closed doors, hey, fellas, get vaccinated because I don't want to create a problem on our team in the middle of the season. Okay, okay, that's not what they would say. They would say, fellas, I really care about you. I care about your good health, your well-being. And I don't want to lose some games because of it. So I, I would imagine that most players are being told by their coaches to get, get the jab and get it quick. We'll have more coming up next. We've got a market
1: update right around the corner. The Booner is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Savon Scarver is going to be with us at 5. Stay tuned. It's the Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: The best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: your Ute update here on the big show 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Of course, the Utes expect big things from linebacker Devin Lloyd. Here's the breakdown from linebackers coach Colton Swan.
2: He's trying to make his team great. He's trying to make the linebackers great. Uh, and so everything that he does, you know, he, he's grabbing guys and bringing them with him. Uh, a couple of things that he does, I mean, he, he outworks everybody. Uh, he not he's outworks everybody, but he outworks himself, okay? He knows what his expectations are, and he succeeds those uh, every day.
1: I didn't know if you knew this, Gordon, but uh, Devin Lloyd, quite good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, quite I've
2: good. heard, yeah.
1: <laughs> this update brought to you by Zero Res. Your pets are angels, but urine so carpet is a nightmare for your house. Zero Res has a specialized method to remove stains that leaves your carpet clean and smelling fresh. Schedule your appointment with Zero Res Carpet Cleaning today, ZeroRezSaltLake.com or up north Zero res, Davis, Cause it's time,
0: res time. is the Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
1: It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 975, and 1280 the zone. Time for a market update brought to you by Tridaytrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit Tridaytrading.com. Gordon, how'd the markets do
2: today? The markets were all green today, Jake. Okay. The Dow, with a modest gain, relatively speaking, just shy of of 15 points. I am greatest. The NASDAQ, Jake, up 51 points. I hear you, brother. (laughs) I can't hear that without laughing. I'm sorry. The S&P, up 13 points.
0: Yes! (laughs) Bedlam!
1: All right. So. Speaking of money, can I ask you a fashion question? Sure. You ever thought about wearing a big gold pinky ring? Because uh, I feel like somebody who drives the car you do. Oh, who says um, he doesn't? Should have a big gold pinky ring. Don't you think, Austin? I know you don't in front of us.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, And a walking stick. I haven't really thought of wearing it. A- uh, a very sort of, you mean a showy kind of pinky? Yeah, ring? yeah. like a big old gold
1: diamond encrusted pinky ring. So when some, when you pass people and they look over to see what lunatic is flying by them at one hundred and ten miles an hour, they see just the the glimmer off the pinky ring as
2: you're okay. rolling by. First of all, I don't drive one hundred and ten. Second of all, my my car is really not that fancy. It's just fancy. Me it's me not that fancy. Lies. It's just fast. I have a nice car. I mean, uh, well, you, you, know, you just funny. told us we're you not... don't go fast, but well, now you're saying it's fast. It does go fast, uh, but if you if you drive it so, but you know I'm I'm
4: I'm very. You told us the from... other day that you let it you let it open. I think is what the phrase is that I you did? used. When did I do that? You were pulling off the freeway on the
2: road, and traffic was coming, and you let it go, and whew. No, I well, no, it, uh-huh. I wasn't. Uh huh. It didn't happen on a on a freeway. I was turning from one street onto another, and some traffic was coming, and I had to get on it.
4: So you hit the warp speed,
1: yeah.
2: Man, I'm telling you what, man, that is a good
1: feeling. I watched uh, over the weekend part of that uh, wonderful movie, uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, it's a great uh, movie. Incredible movie. Um, I bet you that's, in Gordon's mind, that's how he pictures himself when you're driving around
2: town. Uh, I can't remember uh, the movie from that. If it really, well, from like that w-
1: what's his name? The American werewolf guy. What's uh, what's that name? What's <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian Bale oh, he plays uh, you're, you're uh, Ferrari. You're a No, he plays oh, the uh, driver. Carol. Yeah, he's oh, driving uh, the 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 Ferrari. Driving the Ford. Oh, he, oh and Damon's you know, driving. Ferrari? Damon wasn't a driver. He was uh, what's his name? The Shelby. Shelby thank Carol you. Carol Shelby.
2: Jake, I like my cars and my women fast, but that, that does. Did it. you just insult Lisa? But that doesn't mean that, that I Or go you fast. didn't and
4: you don't like Lisa.
2: <laughs> Are you referring
1: to another fast woman in your life? <laughs> no. Never. Anyway, Never. pinky ring. Wait, you, you wear two rings. I get the wedding ring. What's the other ring for?
2: The other ring is a ring that, uh, that I bought with my wife on a, on a Mexican uh, vacation. Okay. I love that ring. No, brings I, back, I, it brings back great. I bought that in a small little town called the uh, what's that little surf town there in Tijuana. No, it's, uh, si, 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 Oaxaca, Sayalita? Sayalita, Is that it? Anyway, I bought that there, and my wife got one, and uh, I. Juarez back, Juarez. It brings back fond memories. I just
1: uh, I wear my wedding ring, but I don't like rings, so I would not wear another ring unless I had to.
4: That's why I'm with you and that's why I wear these uh oh, the, yeah. the silicone ring yeah, yeah.
2: I have one of those too for those moments when I uh physically engaged and uh don't want to deal with uh, a regular wedding ring I have a joke that I want to make so badly the right pause
1: now pause, that, that i yeah. <laughs> so not, much worse But anyway you need to be you need to be pinky ring guy I feel like that's something missing from your life. Just engaged. a big old pinky ring to, to kind of just hold up to your chin <laughs> too, when you're
2: talking to people, you know? No. When you because, drink, uh, extend uh, that pinky. No, no but notice I,
1: the ring. I got yeah. rings
2: on the on the on the ring fingers on both hands, and so a pinky ring would collide with the other ring, and that gets unwieldy. No, you still need one. Hold your oh, let me see your hand. Uh, Hold your hand up. How about your other hand? Let me see. I can't see it. The microphone's in a way. Okay. So at least you wear a wedding ring. Do you wear a wedding ring? just We both just talked about this. We both did just talk about this like seconds ago. Yeah, I know. But some guys don't wear wedding rings. Uh, Is that? I think women hate that. Why? I what? didn't
4: wear mine at first because I, I have this fear of ring avulsion, and so that's why Whitney got me this silicone one, and I've worn it ever since. Ring what? Ring avulsion. What's that? Where you have an accident, and the ring goes under the skin Ooh. and under the bone, and you can lose your finger. Do you have a fear of that because have you experienced it? I was young and had a CTR ring on, and it caught the top of a chain link fence, and I, it's a feeling you don't forget.
2: Okay, so, uh, yeah, I bet that would – I don't have quite that kind of – I can't outdo your story, Austin, but I was playing – But – I was playing baseball and – Against ball, nine-year-olds. A ball, no. A ball <laughs> was hit. I was playing third, and a ball was hit down the line, and I didn't have time to get my glove over. that. So I stuck my, uh, my throwing hand out to grab it, and I was wearing a ring. And it broke the ring, but it it uh it it, it it essentially the ball hit it so hard that the ring was now on each side of my finger pressing hard against it, and uh, I was in considerable pain. Can I ask you a question yeah, why would you wear a ring on your throwing hand i that was a good question.
1: Because wouldn't the ring just come flying off the throwing no, hand no, it, when you threw the ball? It fit. It fit just fine. It was. It was
4: tight. Uh, uh, you wear a I ring mean, on your throwing hand when you're a pitcher to kind of cut
1: the ball. <laughs> but I mean, you were a pitcher, Jacob. I know. But but when I played baseball, now again, I was I was not ring person. But if I did have a ring when I was playing baseball, I'd think I'd do this. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? On the table, I take think I'd off. take it off. I think I'd probably take it off. Like I used to be choker necklace guy, and you know what happened when I was playing baseball?
4: Those came off. And yet, a lot of pros wear big old jewelry while they play. But baseball.
2: what about rings on their throwing? Not hand? rings. Yeah, like was, three ring in your glove hand, maybe. I was in, you know, I was in eighth grade. I don't know. I was in thinking you were ring guy in eighth eighth grade. I had a ring. Yeah. Did was I, it was it a mood ring? No, my dad bought that ring for me. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, Jake.
2: Your dad bought you a ring? Yeah, he bought me uh we were at a we were at a uh it was actually a native american crafted ring uh that my dad got me when we were on a trip. All and right. so it was close to my heart.
1: My dad brought me a lot of t-shirts. A lot of peanuts from the airline. I got the the Delta overnight bag back the in the thing. day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hard rock, wherever he oh, had yeah, to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that a lot. Oh, my dad always brought me cool stuff. Never a ring, though. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. The Booner is going to join us. We'll talk about jazz offseason with Ron Boone. Looking forward to it. Straight ahead 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
2: Now, let's get this party started.
0: Uh-huh. This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Let's talk
3: some Utah football. Joining us, Van Fillinger, Obviously, a weird year last year. You play five games and you participated in all those five games for Utah. For that being your freshman year, you're probably finding out what the real experience of being a college football player <laughs> yeah. is like this year. Yeah, it was really weird last year, honestly. And the thing is, is like it's not completely back to normal yet. We still wear masks in the facility, so it's definitely better than it was last year. But it was real weird last year. I mean, no fans and anything at the games and. You know, I'm a big, uh, like, I feed off the energy that the fans bring and stuff, so I'm real excited to get after it this year and, and have a full stadium.
0: pants and Scotty. weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Oh, hey, guys. Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. and We've all been there, right, where we're excited to tackle a project, and it's a big project, and we list outside help only for the project to take way long, spend too much money, get ghosted by the the contractors only to come out of the other side with something that you didn't want well this is the reason that pr friends at peach window and door have been doing it right leading the industry in windows and doors since 1993 they combine beauty and technology custom work is what they do if you can dream it they can do it. Their whole goal is for you to be satisfied. Listen listen to what they do. They're a complete turnkey window and door company. They're going to sell you what you want. They're not into the high-pressure thing to push you in a direction that you don't want to go. They don't do subcontractors, which means you won't get ghosted. They have crews that will install your custom windows and doors, and they back things up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers, and they absolutely believe in customer service. It's their number one thing. If you call them, they will answer. They will talk talk to you. They offer 0% interest financing. They have free in-home estimates. So here's what you got to do. You can go to peachbuildingproducts.com. Find out where they have over 255-star reviews on Google. You can drop by their beautiful showroom in Salt Lake City, 2940 South, 300 West. See for yourself what they're capable of. Or call them. Get one of those free in-home estimates, 801-566-1255, 801-566-1255, Peach Window and Door.